Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, a freelance automotive journalist, auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Brett Hatfield, and 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Muscle Radio is on the air. On Off the Press is Road Muscle Radio. I am Catfish Groves. Brett Hatfield's here. We, uh, we've got a heck of a show coming up today. Oh, we got a great show coming up today and kind of getting ready for Halloween. I know. Got that know. haunted everything vibe. And, and you know, I love trunk or treats. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah. think that is just a great idea. These cool cars all pull, uh, parked around. Mom and dad can sit around and enjoy it. And I love the kids coming up to the house. Don't get me wrong. No, but love the, that. The trunk or treat thing, especially, we found this out a couple of years ago with the Bronco. You know, that thing's got a massive stereo in it and big oh, little sure. speaker in the back. You do trunk or treat with that. You put the tailgate down. You throw the black velvet, you know, the uh, black sure. velvet cover over the tailgate. And then you can have all the Halloween stuff, all the werewolves and the haunted lab and all that booming through the stereo out the back. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and you know, and kids dig it. No, the I kids, mean, the kids dig it. They get a kick out of it, and you get to show off. You know, you, your neighbors don't care about your car with a big stereo until you take it to trunk or treat, and you got the Halloween music playing out of it, <laughs> and you just theme a party. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of themes, we got a lot of news coming up, so let's get right to it. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for what's news on Road Muscle Radio. All right. Uh, somebody I know is in the news this week. Oh, uh, who went to jail? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, any other time, that would fit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mikhail Haggerty, uh, namesake and owner of Haggerty Insurance. Uh, I know him courtesy of Mr. Klinger, who was on our show a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is spearheading an effort to uh, preserve driving and car culture. Because he finds that it's meaningful to a lot of people and doesn't want to see that loss to autonomous vehicles, self-driving oh, vehicles, I all of that sort of thing. And uh, Haggerty said he'll need about six million members to have the clout to preserve human driving in the future. But he is not alone in the quest to drum up that support. Now, the Human Driving Association. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Of which I am a member. Drivers, they're made of people. Yeah, soylent green is people. Uh, the Human Driving Association is a group that was started in part by uh, auto journalist Alex Roy earlier this year. I am a member of the Human Driving Association, and whatever McKeel Haggerty starts uh, toward that end, I will probably join too. Uh, this is this seems to be a movement that's gaining a little bit of steam. And people want to preserve cars that you drive yourself right. and the culture that surrounds them, which is pretty much what we do on a weekly basis here. You know, it, it's true. Um, and I can understand kind of the worry about it because as we move down the road, there's no doubt in my head autonomous vehicles are going to become 
a thing, a real thing, a common thing. And it may be you and I were talking a little bit yeah, earlier. I think it, it may be a few decades down the road when it's really, you know, totally commonplace, but it's going to happen. And I've written a couple articles about this on uh, in different venues. I think it's going to take at least two generations where they are accustomed to seeing autonomous cars or self-driving cars uh, in existence. Yeah. So I don't think it's us. I think it might be our kids who start to get used to the idea and then their kids, their kids. who embrace it fully. You know, because we're going to we're going to see it in the big cities. All these articles that I've read about uh, the testing that's going on and the vehicle, they're even testing. I, and I think we might have talked about it in the news or we ran out of time. Uh, the headlights oh, yeah, on yeah. autonomous vehicles to where people aren't sure, especially an electric vehicle. It pulls up to the crosswalk and it sits there. Yeah. It's completely silent. And you don't know if that thing knows that you're taking a stroll. So they have little headlights that like kind of look like little LED eyeballs that will watch you go across. And I'm like, that's creepy as hell. So now it's watching me? The car is watching you. The car is watching Well, apparently, uh, well, not apparently, there is more uh, support for this. And Haggerty, again, said it'll need about 6 million members. But I bet he gets it. There's enough of us gearheads out there wandering around bumping into stuff. It's not going to take a whole lot to get people behind this. And I just want to make sure that we still have the ability to drive vehicles Absolutely. to where, you know, it become if if it has to be worried, no, you cannot do it. We have to make sure the blah, blah, blah. No, man. Well, I still want to get behind the wheel. Detroit Free Press had the article. You need to go check it out. There are a whole list of statistics with that article about people who don't trust autonomous cars, would rather have the ability to drive themselves, whether or not they would ride in a car that is driving itself, that sort of thing. Yeah. The future will tell. Yes, future it will. will tell. Speaking of the future, uh, Bloodhound SSC, a oh, com- company out of, out of uh, Britain, uh, they, they run into money trouble uh, again, and they want more investment. Why? They're building a vehicle, and they've got to be, they've got to build, they just haven't had a chance really to test it, that they want to break the 1,000-mile-per-hour barrier. 1,000 miles an hour. 1,000 miles per hour. On the ground. British company... Uh, They've been working on this for uh, since about 2011. Uh, they need $33 million, they say, to break that $1,000 or 1,000 mile per hour goal. However, if they can raise $20 million bucks, uh, American uh, in the next few months, uh, they think they can break the world land speed record, which right now is at 763 Dude. miles an hour. <laughs> I know, right? Almost as fast as a Challenger can go now off the lot. Uh, they haven't had any test runs, though, yet with the vehicle at all. So, yeah, you know, it's like it's a good idea that really you need 30 more million bucks, 33 million bucks to maybe test it. 763 is faster than the speed of sound. Isn't it cool? That I mean, you're going amazing. fast. You're going to actually break Mach 1 in a Mach 1. So yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I uh, really love this story that you found about the car vending machines. Oh, isn't that the US. amazing? Yeah, uh, another one. There's like, what, 14 of them now? Good great. I, I had no idea. I'd never heard of such a thing. Now, the hard part is getting your hand into it after they fall down, you know? Well, you know, <laughs> if it pushes out two F-150s instead of just one. Oh, yeah. You're you want to take that second one? It really is a car vending machine. The 14th one uh, just opened in Philadelphia. Uh, they've got others in Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas. Seems like a southern thing. Nashville, Raleigh, Charlotte, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, Washington, D.C., <gasps> Tempe, and Cleveland. And what's the name of the thing? 
Carvana. Carvana. Of yeah. course it is. <laughs> you go online, shop for your car, and then you schedule a pickup of the car at the car vending machine. So basically, it's like kind of a big high rise uh, uh car parking garage, except it's all uh, – it's all mechanical and your car kind of loads up and then ding, 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 it comes down. You got to love the idea of not having to talk to a greasy Herb Tarlick looking <laughs> car salesman. Dude, I now. was a greasy Herb Tarlick for a month and five days. Hey, that was a hard time in my life. I, I got nothing but I got a certain amount of love for the really good car salespeople. And I met a few uh, lot sharks, too, that were just, oh, jeez. Oh, I did it long enough to find out that I don't know how to do it, and I couldn't teach myself to do it. So there you go. <laughs> that wasn't great, but I was selling early 90s uh, Pontiacs. They weren't great either. Uh, Mid-90s Chevys for me. Yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next on Road Muscle Radio, quite the guest. We were talking about Halloween earlier. There is a perfect ride, and I think you know what it is, and you'll let us in. You are going to love this guy. So good. Special guest, special treat on Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. Hey, uh, we're rolling up on Halloween real quick here. I am so excited. I we're, cannot wait. And it's not just about the candy. I just, I love the whole time of it. Well, and your house, my house, I know that Halloween is the biggest holiday all year. May as oh, well be yeah. Christmas. I'm still trying to figure out why we don't get time off work for this stuff. It's like Christmas with goth elves. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm totally there. Awesome. I love it. And, uh... In the Christmas or in Christmas, in the Halloween spirit, yeah, huh? Tried to find something about spooky cars, haunted cars, but the best thing I came up with was hearses. Oh, oh yeah, that's the low hanging fruit. Well, you yeah, know, but, that's gorgeous. But also think Perfect. about Greaser Rama. Saw some there at Pistons uh, and Pinups at Boulevard Drive In. Saw some there. So it is something that winds up having another life after the funeral home well when you've got you know 500 some odd inches you know under the oh, hood and yeah. then what uh, s- uh six feet is 72 inches going in the back well giant classic <laughs> caddy and oh yeah well you I know mean, i i actually i have a memory uh from when i when i was growing up i grew up in southern missouri in uh, uh branson Oh boy, oh, that's right, Branson. You know Vegas for people without teeth. Yeah, that's you know that's like bright shining stars with gravy on them. The um, <laughs> there was this family that lived in the city next door to ours called Hollister, and uh, great family, really nice people. They had like umpteen kids. I mean, it was it was a circus car okay. basically. Whenever the family went shopping, however, they had they had uh, actually it was like eight kids, and uh, one of them was a midget. Seven and or a half. should I say dwarf uh, to to use the little people? Whatever, yeah, yes. Uh, height challenged. And what was their family car but a hearse, a big freaking honking <laughs> hearse? And they would slide that side door open, and it was like kid, 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 <laughs> little kid, 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 kid. <laughs> it was it was really something to watch. You just went oh, and and then I dated one of the gals for a little while because uh, yeah, yeah, she was cute. But uh, that's that's did, one of my favorite memories of hearses. I gotta ask you. Open yeah. the door. Did you ever get to take the hearse on a date? No, 
No, and it was sad because that is a lot of room in the back. Yeah, and I is. think Dad knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a family car only for families already made, not in the making. <laughs> so you uh, you you dug up a, a great vehicle for us to look at, and I think you've got a special guest. Nice pun with the dug up. That's hey, fantastic. Like that? huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I was paying attention. <laughs> uh, I, I did get us a great guest. It's Chris DeGancy. He's one of the founders of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. I found, oh, but he's also a gearhead. He's a guy like us. And uh, welcome to the show, Chris. It's great to have you here. It is great to be here. My word, I'm on with Brett and Catfish. My word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's in. And, and uh, the and the <laughs> other thing I didn't bring up, Chris owns a 1972 Miller Meteor purse of his own. Oh my god. Big giant caddy. Yeah. Just exactly our kind of stuff. You know, if we'd had those available on the <laughs> warfront in World War II, we'd have wanted a lot earlier. <laughs> these were just these are beasts. I, I think that what happened to the battleships is they, they ended up having to melt them down to fulfill twenty two feet of a uh, hand built car. I'll bet they did. <laughs> twenty two feet? Twenty two feet, really? Oh yeah, I I can park next to a long bed F two fifty four door, and it's about the same size. Uh, obviously, grief. infinitely cooler, but well, yeah, uh, obviously. And what's a seventy two Miller Meteor weigh? By uh, just under seven thousand pounds. Oh my <laughs> Lord in heaven! <laughs> yeah, they, that's that's why you need that five hundred cubes, baby. All right, where did you oh, find this? Uh, we're, so she's uh, she only has a four seventy two right now, but we're we're working on that. Only, <laughs> only, only a four seventy two. You're gonna get one for the front, run one for the rear. <laughs> I, I have seen a few uh, videos where people have taken you know some blown Alki motor and put it in the back. It'd be like a wheel stander kind of thing. But uh, mine has to function as a real hearse because that I'm not a Shriner man. I'm not you know not gonna lob the top <laughs> off of it, put on a fez, and throw candy at people. Um, so. <laughs> so why a hearse? All right. So well. Uh, my father passed. Oh, my my dad was in the car business. He was a finance and insurance man for for many dealerships. So he had a, a lust for cars and nice. uh, a bit audacious in taste. So we'll we'll say that. And you know, like he owned a Maserati for a whole day. He just wanted to say that he had a Maserati. <laughs> so he bought a Maserati, drove it home, showed my mom, drove it back to the dealership the next day, and traded back in and got his Lincoln. Three Polaroids um, later, was, he flips it. Yeah. yeah, if it would have been me, I would have gotten eight T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it wasn't one of the cool Maserati, so don't think that oh. know, one of those you know like one that you gesture with your hands while discussing you know the nuance of it's like Chrysler LeBaron with a hard top. I was gonna oh, ask. Not, oh, oh yeah, uh, my dad had not, an AB LeBaron with turbo, and you know the the uh. first question is why, <laughs> why turbo, why why. Well, we had one laying My around. I had one of those. She had a yeah. 84 with the, uh, the Mark Cross leather, and it talked to you. It was like, the door is a jar. It's like, the door is a door, you, you fool. <laughs> the, and, the, and the car is a, a can. Car. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So your dad, got, your dad had this penchant for slightly unusual vehicles. Uh, slightly unusual vehicles. And uh, before he passed, he, uh, his most prized vehicle that he had ever owned was this uh, beautiful black on black on black uh, with giant white walls, Lincoln Town Car. And, you know, like I would go, that was, it was my job. I was, you know, I was the keeper of the white wall. 
Um, so <laughs> I developed a uh, borderline, you know, fetish for for white walls in in all things. Um, later on, you know, bass boat metal flake, but that's no <laughs> part of it. Uh, due to an <laughs> unfortunate, um, rather sudden demise, um, oh. we're at the funeral. The procession is massively long, and while well, everybody is, you know, crying in a proper Sicilian fashion and you know, like wailing, <laughs> gnashing of teeth kind of thing, nice. uh, this car pulls up and it is just, you know, 20 feet of festooned and chrome and dripping black paint. And I'm like, what is that? This <laughs> eyes as big as cannolis, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, my, I was, my mom's like, oh, it's a hearse. Can I have one? He <laughs> said, maybe when you're older. So, um, I was about 21 when I showed up at their house with one. I uh, oh. I was out looking at a uh, four-door 71 uh, Chevelle, and um, I guess it was technically Malibu. It wasn't very well optioned. Uh, not a particularly desirable car, you know, turbo 350, uh, little 350 in it. And yeah. uh, I was like, oh, that's cool, but I really just, I think I want a hearse. He goes, dude, there's one in this junkyard. So I loaded up my bags, headed to Beverly, went to the junkyard, <laughs> uh, offered the, the, the fine man uh, uh, a wad of cash, and we then proceeded to spend the next 20 minutes trying to get it out. And uh, this one was, was interesting because it was not the first one that they had had. It had the most uh, interesting history to it of the ones that they had had. But nobody would take parts off this car. Like, everybody in the yard was like, man, that, that thing is freaky. I don't want to be near it. It scares me. Sign and I'm up. like, oh, it just it feels like love. So, <laughs> you know, that was your dad's spirit talking to you. He's uh, saying, son, go. <laughs> I raised you to be weird. Now commit. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Show it to me, boy. Come to the dark side. So I, we, we drug it out of a, out of a junkyard. You know, I poured gas in the carburetor. We hooked up two tow trucks worth of batteries to it and, uh, got her started, drove her home on, uh, three, uh, giant white walls. I mean, the two and a half inch Coker tire, um, I'm pretty sure the crypt keeper at the end of his uh, career didn't have as much dry rot as these tires did. Uh, so the fact I made it home at all was really uh, just quite a miracle of the stars aligning. I'm kind of shocked that you were able to drive it all the way home, uh, period, after it had been sitting there that long. I mean, was it blowing smoke? Was it doing all the stuff? Or was it just you awaking oh, a prayer? Yeah. The star, oh, of oh, course. It, let, me, uh, let me preface this next statement by saying that uh, um, I have very poor impulse control. Like, it is a, uh, a natural penchant for... Short duration, uh, you know, high intensity activities, which means that in redneck parlance, I'm an idiot. And so we speak that I, language. Oh, I, I think all car people do. It's uh, it, it's just the the words that we speak. It's like, man, I'll drive that sucker home. Oh yeah, oh, that's a good one. You don't um, think I would? I, I drove it to work that night. Yeah, hold I, my beer. <laughs> hold my beer. Yeah, hold my Cosmo doesn't really work that well. <laughs> Just yeah, it doesn't have that, that ring. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> and hold my highball is right out. Yep. <laughs> so, so you get this. Me, sir. You have the gray coupon. <laughs> you get this vehicle home. <laughs> and what what does your mom yeah, say? She just she shakes her head and just smiles and she's like, "I knew it. I knew it. The day would come someday." <laughs> Uh, and she was working at a doctor's office at the time. So, you know, once oh. I got it in, in fairly good running condition, which was still after 20 years of having it is not a foregone conclusion that it is going to start and drive every time. <laughs> um, but I'd go up there and pick her up for lunch and the doctors just would oh, crack yes. up. And like, oh, yes. you're early. Give us 10 minutes. Drive around the block or something. <laughs> uh, so, so the people that are going into this place to get better, 
see a hearse pull up every you know couple of days or so. This, I thought you said this was a good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's real funny until we don't have any more clients. What the hell happened? It's her kid. <laughs> It was it was always an adventure. I, I I got married in that car. My my wife and I we were uh, middle school sweethearts, and you know I bought the car. I was twenty one. We got married in in uh, ninety nine, and I drove it to the wedding. And my friends wrote just buried on the back and across the <laughs> <laughs> At this oh, point, I'd already started so a hearse club, so we had uh, like six or seven hearses at the at the wedding. Um, and my in-laws were just like, those are just disgusting. I, I can't believe that you would do that. And my wife's like, you've met him, right? Like, this <laughs> is totally normal. <laughs> you know your nephew, yeah? <laughs> we're talking to Chris DeGancy. He is the one of the founding members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. And we just found out that he got married in his hearse, and, <laughs> which is just classic. So coming up next, we've got a bunch of questions to ask about what's currently going on. Uh, some of the videos, terrific videos that you can find on YouTube involving Chris and his cars and some pretty sweet stories. That is all coming up next right here on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio is back, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anybody who loves rocking the driver's seat. Uh, we talk about any, everything from Barn Fresh to Concourse Ready. Concour. Concour. Concour Ready. Your host is free lo- freelance auto journalist, senior auto auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, American Car Collector Magazine, Brett Hatfield, and I am a 30-year radio vet with a lowbrow but delicious taste in American automotives and to... <laughs> It's you know it's Halloween time. We're we're getting into the spirit, getting in the mood, and nothing gets you there faster to the Halloween spirit well, than then, a hearse. Then talking about the dead wagon, <laughs> Chris DeGancy's with us right now, and I've wanted to have Chris on for a while. Uh, first exposed to Chris uh, watching Vin Wiki videos on YouTube. Yep, and he's done several of them, and the stories are hilarious. And I so was funny. aching for Halloween to get here <laughs> so we could have him on the show. Chris, thanks for being with us. Oh, I'm having the best time, guys. So you get a hearse, and your mom's not really surprised, but, you know, parking in front of the doctor's office is a nice touch. Uh, you look for some like-minded individuals. You find other hearse owners' clubs, and what do you find in them? Uh, so in the in the Hearst community, as it were, there's uh, there's kind of a, a very definitive <laughs> division, and uh, I, I think I once described it as a cavernous rift, um, <laughs> because you have the the more astute members of society, which uh, we will uh, affectionately call the professionals, and they tend to be more uh, you know restore you know the, the, this bolt is the right one kind of thing, um, and then there's us and. Uh, there are many words that have been used to describe us, none of which are pleasant or can be said on the radio. <laughs> so just just assume that it's, uh, you know, not, not a lot of money in the private hearse ownership uh, community. Um, so we are the guys who will pull them out of junkyards, slap a set of tires on them, fresh belts, battery, and just go party, you know, and just have a good time, hang out uh-huh. with our friends. 
We've been doing the Hearst Club thing for uh, 20 years. This is Dead End's 20-year anniversary this year, uh, making people uncomfortable since 1998. <laughs> and uh, it is – these people have just become my family. Uh, we are absolutely super close friends. My Some of my best friends I've met in the Hearst community, and we're all gearheads. Everybody is a gearhead. You know, we, we wrench on bikes together. We'll go ride go-karts and dirt bikes and – you know, somebody needs a, oh, uh, you know, like, got to put an alternator in. It's like, yeah, bring it up to the shop. We'll, you know, swap it. You know, let's put a transmission in there while we're at it uh, <laughs> kind of thing. So, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I, we're, we're doing a road trip. We're going to see this guy. Oh, this is, yeah, this is going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> you're, I can't imagine what your uh, shop's like. <laughs> I want to find out. Um, yeah. So Entropy. That would be the word. To use. <laughs> it's not a clean place. Uh, if a funeral home met absolute uncertainty, that's what the <laughs> shop would look like. <laughs> so you're traveling to these events. You're having get-togethers with uh, other people in your Hearst community. Uh, what's it like driving cross-country to get to one of these? In a hearse. In a hearse. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be getting some looks it. on the highway. Hey, well, and there's, there's got to be a lot of stretch out room. You know, you've got to have a lot of room in there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's comfortable, well, it's a, right? Like, it has a bench seat. You know, I mean, granted, it's a seven-foot wide bench seat, but it's still a bench seat. Um, <laughs> you know, my car, you can easily put, you know, the Mad Hatter with a rabbit on it on top of your head kind of top hat and still not touch the, the ceiling. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, the back has has rollers in it. And, uh, my car, uh, has 1,933 Watts of subs, uh, going into a pair, or, uh, going into a pair of 12s in the back. Um, you could actually dig your own hole just with all the sound. Oh, nice. I, I do always make the joke though. If I uh, stop for gas, I have to turn the car off so the pump can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not exactly known for their mileage. I'm stealing oh, that. No, that fits and, for the 61. <laughs> well, it's uh so when I when I bought her, she had thirty two thousand miles on her. Uh, she has just over sixty one thousand now. Uh, this is the second engine I've built. Uh, you know, it's got a cam, it's got pistons, uh, windage tray, heads have been worked a little bit. Two inch primary headers to a three inch collector, custom H pipe, two in, or two chamber flow masters and turndowns, uh, Sydney old racing transmission, <laughs> custom drive shafts, plural, a carrier bearing out of a dump truck. Because after the fourth one, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I need something industrial. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I've got the, the fuel pump, 6 a.m. line all the way from the back. Um, you know, 850 Edelbrock on it. Uh, and I've got, like, sitting four feet behind me is the new 1000 CFM uh, Holly throttle body and the Mega Squirt 3 Pro uh, with the 60-pound injectors Good and all that. And LS coils, all that's going on over the winter. <laughs> And it will burn out as long as you want. All it needs is wings. Oh, she'll, she'll already do that. Uh, I've got a button on the dashboard, the make burnout button uh, for the line lock. Uh, you don't need it. You don't need it. When you make, you know, 600 pounds of torque, it's just destruction on demand. 600 pounds of torque. I think that's a QE2, isn't it? Oh, God. I would so dare you to actually use that at a funeral. Because by the time you got to the grave site, it would just be a, a box of soup. And, and to that end, I'm, I'm, I am privy to the story. Catfish is not. 
We're talking to Chris DeCancy, one of the founding members of the National Hearse and Ambulance Association. <laughs> I know this story. You have to tell the burnout at a funeral story. Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, so uh, the Hearse Club became uh, – we're, we're kind of an Atlanta fixture at this point. And there's, a, uh, there's an area of Atlanta called Little Five Points. And uh, I think I once described it as a beautiful little estuary of bohemian culture and poverty, really. Um, little <laughs> cool little storefronts and stuff like that. And every year around Halloween, matter of fact, uh, this coming Saturday, I think they're having a parade. Uh, they would do a Halloween parade, and they would have bands on trailers and you know interesting cars and stuff like that. Right. And then they would put us towards the very back, and then the environmentally friendly cars right behind us. Oh. And I earned a bit of a reputation, uh, an earned reputation, <laughs> that, that I'm the guy with the hearse who does the burnouts because I can. And if you can, why wouldn't you? Why not? So. Yeah. So in addition to being in the back of the pack, I'm at the back of the hearses as well so that nobody, you know, ends up with, you know, $100 in cheap tires all over their car. I'm not using, you know, nice set of BFDs or, you know, like Dunlop to, to roast down Euclid Avenue. Um, a couple of years of doing this, you know, like they, they always called us back. And uh, one night I, I get a call from uh, Rhea, who owned a place called Rhea's Bluebird Cafe. And she, unfortunately, has passed since the story uh, happened. She had a really bad, bad, uh, like, 60 Ford with a uh, 429 in it uh, that she, the burnout she could do made mine look like, you know, I was on a 10-speed trying to, you know, hoon in the street. <laughs> so she calls me up and says, uh, are you the guy who does the burnouts in the hearse? I was like, yes, ma'am, I am. Um, and he's like, well, I have a problem. A friend of mine has, uh, has recently passed, and, you know, we're kind of short on funds. And it would be the huge honor if you would do a burnout with him in the car. <laughs> you had me at hello. So um, I have a bit of a stomach for this. And, uh, you know, my car is done at that point, I think, uh, 1,745 funerals. Um, so this will be number 1,746. Uh, funeral directors take meticulous notes. This is a very important thing because you don't want to lose one. Uh, <laughs> it's like, did we bury the Johnson guy? Uh, you know, uh, so. We work out the arrangements, and I, I, I go pick up the the, uh, the the recently deceased in a donated casket, and uh, I, pick, I have to pick up a funeral director as well because you're not allowed to carry a, a dead body in the car without one. Um, they, they ask questions. You know, nobody wants to have to explain that to a cop. Uh, so we pick them up, and, you know, the procession is, is thusly leading through Little Five Points, the place by which I have destroyed plenty of tires and uh, have opened up a few extra feet in the ozone layer uh, of my own accord. And uh, there's, a, there's a cop standing in the corner, and he gives me the look and uh, the, does the, the universal sign, for, do a burnout, dude, um, you know, which I think that they need to start teaching in school. Like they you have say, you know, the kid's first word is mama or dada, and then show them how to do the burnout symbol, <laughs> you know, or... Like when you drive by a trucker and you do the, you know, blow oh, the, horn yeah, blow your horn thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I let her rip. And uh, when <laughs> I, I think I once also described it as uh, like John Force looked at me and smiled that day. Kind of <laughs> <out>. <laughs> just obliterated a set of tires, like one end of Euclid Avenue to the other. Uh, the funeral director is in the car and he's giggling like a maniac. Um, <laughs> Because it's just this cacophony of noise, right? I mean, oh, this sure. Big inch, big cam, giant exhaust hearse. <laughs> with you know, I set off car alarms a hundred feet away when I go by <laughs> at full tilt. So it's just noisy, smoky mess. Uh, 
So we get done with the, the mad burnout. Uh, Rhea does one as well. Um, a couple of people try and do one and just end up doing the giant lurching motion down the street. Um, not enough converter. You know, let that be a turn to those. Um, <laughs> so we get to the we get to the cemetery and it's a oh, beautiful cemetery. It's uh, one of the oldest in Atlanta. And I'm about to pull in. I'm like, you know what? Just, there's still some tire left. I I gotta let's show this man some respect. And I just let her rip again. And I sit there for a good minute. You know, the car is sliding back and forth and kind of fishtailing. People are coming out of their houses to see what, what in the, the world is going on out here. Awesome. And like, as I'm pulling in, you can hear tire falling out of the wheel well. You know, <laughs> oh my god, gravel because the tires are so hot. <laughs> oh, it was it was so beautiful. Uh, I, what I, a I salute! Really felt like that most respectful thing I may have ever done in my life. <laughs> That's how I want to go, Chris. Thank He's, you so much for joining us and, today. And we gotta Guys, have him my back. There's so much more to. I, I gotta, I gotta, I at least set this one bit. I, I've owned like 18 of them, but I have, I've owned some real pieces of crap that are worthy of a good story. So, uh, anytime, <laughs> just give me a call. Coming up next on Road Muscle Radio, we'll talk a little bit about how to keep your car uh, safe and dandy during the wintertime and how to bring it back to life. Plus, I think I need to tell a little story about a honey that I went to look at. Oh, no. Oh, 1960. Oh, no. All up next on Road Muscle Radio. Listening to Road Muscle Radio, and uh, that guy is awesome. I we got to ha- have him back. Absolutely, and, and that's the thing. Chris has got so many more stories. We barely scratched the surface with him. Oh so. yeah, yeah. He was raring to go, and there's and they're all true and <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, you know, how could you not have funny stories when you're driving a hearse? It, you just got to have the right mindset to do that. And I, that's the guy. That is the guy. Well, I, I'll I'll put a caveat on that. When you're driving a hearse. Of your own free will, not as a vocation, then it's funny. <laughs> or, or, or as a, an involuntary passenger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, the back seat is really large. <laughs> and surprisingly wooden. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, as we get into the, this is the third and final segment for uh, an article that I completely ganked from uh, Haggerty, uh, Haggerty.com. That I thought was really good. It was about uh, getting your baby ready for storage. And those are the people who are going to know. They, uh, we went through before storage a couple of weeks ago. Last week, we talked about when storing it, uh, some of the prep work, etc. And then uh, they had a little segment that I thought was worth at least mentioning before we uh, wrap that one up about bringing your baby back to life. It should follow. And, uh, you know, some of it, it's common sense, but there's just... Little things that you might go, oh, well, you know? a lot of things that seem common sense after you read them are things you probably didn't think of beforehand. Well, for example, last week we were both kind of like, oh, that's cool when it talked about, you know, plugging up your tailpipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just with uh, steel wool. Well, and that's one of those things. I've seen guys pull cars out of storage that they're getting ready to work on. And, you know, they, they change the filters and put some fresh gas in it and put a fresh battery in it. They fired it up and then it shoots acorns out the tailpipe because some critter has been storing his winter stuff in there so yeah it makes sense plug the tailpipe now i had never thought of it before 
I probably should have. <laughs> you do have a, one or two extra vehicles that might end up spending oh, a little goodness. more time off the road than uh, on. All right. Perhaps. Let's, let's, let's get this out oh, of the way now. Okay, okay. Before we get to the break, break, what is it? I was trying to dodge this one. I'm up to eight. I bought another darn car this week. Oh, but it wasn't this one for a good cause, though. Yeah, it was yeah. to help, a, it was help is, a family sweetheart out. This, and, it's it's my little girl. She's got this what a good pile of junk that's been sitting in her driveway. They bought it, and then they didn't wind up using it. Yeah. And she could use the money, so dad bought the car from her, and I'm going to get it sold. So, And it's a Jeep, right? Yeah, it's a little two-door Jeep Cherokee. Hey, welcome to Car Sales Corner. <laughs> hey, everybody. By the way, <laughs> hey, if you'd like to buy a really great vehicle. Uh, yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it's an 89 Jeep Cherokee. It's a two-door. It's a four-wheel drive. <laughs> Got 100,500 miles on it, and it was painted with a barn brush. It's <laughs> awful looking. That aside, no rust, four-liter automatic, four-wheel drive, and really cheap. So... RoadMuscleRadio.com. <laughs> you know what? You're going to have to take it out and just make sure it works okay in the mud. Yeah. You wouldn't want to sell an unsafe vehicle. So, yeah, and you may have to drastically test it at high speeds. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's your car now. And with all the rain we've had, I think I might be able to find some mud. <laughs> to the axles, baby. Take it up to the axles. How do we bring a car back? Bring in your baby back to life. For, uh, like The first thing they list is charging the battery for a solid 24 hours. Don't just jump start it. Don't just uh, uh, you know charge it for a little bit. Uh, bring it up slowly over time. Yeah, bring it up. Uh, once your car is uncovered, expect for any signs of insect or vermin damage. That might be a good time for look, look for acorns in your tailpipe. Yeah. And bring along a beer for that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Remove the baking soda units. You, if you put baking soda and all this stuff in there, do a, a full inspection of the vehicle to try to make sure that that's taken out. Good idea to check for floor leaks which is interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. Check all fluid levels. Check the tire pressure. All common sense stuff. Sure. But you can miss one. Remove the plastic bags or aluminum foil. That was the other one. Aluminum foil over the air cleaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apply the brakes to ensure they work, that you have a good pedal. Steel brake lines can rust out and leak. Huh. That's just a possibility. And, and you know, and your, your vermin can chew through the, uh, the rubber brake hose. Uh, start the vehicle. Check for leaks. Give it ec- extra time to warm up. And then you go through the whole rigmarole of like a state inspection for your lights, horn, uh, as the temperature is rising, drive it slowly for a mile. You know, the transmission and rear ends, especially if you haven't just taken it What, you out, don't want to back it out of the garage and do a just start kicking it out? Yeah. All the- <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not doing uh, roadkill. Yeah, DeGancy-style so. <laughs> burnout all the way down the street. Some components like transmission, the rear ends, they need to move the lubricant around. Driving a bit, you check it again for leaks. Then you clean your car cover, and then uh, that's so funny you say that because on the article they say, "Lastly, do a burnout for me." <laughs> <laughs> I get you. So anyway, you know, the bringing it back to life is take your time. I think that's the major key. Yeah. The major walk away is take your time, be thorough, look at everything, and then uh, uh, once it's ready to go. Yeah, baby. Warm weather. Not going to happen for a while, though, so don't even think about no, it. No, we're getting lucky. We're having a, a week of really nice weather. Yes, I'm still driving the 63 Impala with a top down. Nice. Yeah, well, I'm convinced. Uh, I'm so cool. I'm convinced I can do it till the snow flies. (laughs) You know what? I believe in you. And uh, speaking of end of the season, we got just a couple car events left. Uh, This weekend, Cars and Coffee. Kansas City Auto Museum in Olathe on Strangline Road. Yeah, KCA. They're going to be coming on the show. Love it. Glad to have them. Uh, 8 to 10.30, do believe. 
on Strangline Road in Olathe. We've also, finally, it's the weekend of the ninth Annual Special Olympics Car Show. I'm going, I'm bringing friends. Nice. And I'm threatening to bring you. <laughs> you know, I may meet you there. I, I have some events in the afternoon, but in the morning, I think I would love that because that thing just looks awesome. Well, then it's time to drag you out. As we had mentioned last week, uh, the Lake Garnett Grand Prix reunion oh, yeah. flooded out, rescheduled for November 9th through the 11th. Nice. Let's hope we get good weather. Let's hope it's just a little bit warm. That'll be fantastic because some of those cars are open British cars. Probably <laughs> not the warmest thing in the oh, world. Oh, suck it up. If you can drive the Corvette with the top. Now, come on, guys. Oh, come, come on. British, come on. Show y'all tough. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. Stiff upper Yeah, it will be because it's frozen to your nose. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing. If you can make it, if you're in the area, if you're of a mind, this is a cool one to try to hit. Friday night, McPherson, Kansas, Main Street. It's the McPherson College Homecoming Car Show. <gasps> oh, yeah, nice. yeah. And if it's McPherson, there's going to be some yeah, pretty it's, sweet it's all wheels. The, it's all the auto rats. I, I say that with all with possible love. love. Uh-huh. Uh, take over Main Street and have a car show that's kind of the fall version of what they do in May. And that's not to be missed because, boy, just everything under the sun shows up. Very cool stuff. I, uh, I'll just mention real quick, I, I was off Monday. I took a vacation day so I could drive to Columbia, Missouri. Oh, and I, I looked oh, at a yeah. 1960 Chrysler Saratoga. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a beautiful car. It's I, at the front end like a big old creole eaten. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a whale shark. Whale in front. shark. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I have to admit, uh, because of my, inability to weld uh my ability to burn holes but not to weld well it's uh, you're just calling it the wrong thing yeah i uh i have to let it go uh, i'm not going to be able to get that when it needs a little more welding oh, love than, and than if, i got to give but the engine ran is a 383 yeah uh, push button oh, uh transmission man. that that bubble right above your speedometer thing had all, and the jet age and the and the point and the fins and the yeah i, I love it but the downside is on that Saratoga is going to be tough to find sheet metal for. Yeah, the parts are. Uh, I was already looking them up. And I'm like, wow, that's going to be real hard to find. Yeah, yeah, and oh. very cool, very rare, and very difficult to source parts for. And I kind of feel sorry for you. And I'm not that big a Mopar fan, but it, I know that's a lot of cool in one place. It was a beautiful drive, though, beautiful day. And the guy that's selling it is like is super dude. We talked Mopar for an hour just chatting. So uh, it was it was a good time. And I'll kiss that dream goodbye. But I'm still looking. There's as always we another are. one. There's always, always a dream one. down the road. You've been listening to Road Muscle Radio. Thank you, Chris DeGancy, for joining us today. We've got so much good stuff coming up. We will check you again down the road on Road Muscle Radio. Bye-bye.